0: Going a little life out here what the hell's going on out here it's a lot of fun keep it fun hello everybody welcome to the uk packers podcast as usual i'm your host at CDDNFL nfl on the twitter box sort of course follow the group at uk packers and i'm back from the hiatus sorry for taking so long off um, i'm excited to get back i have to say i had a hankering I'm Matt Hancock-Hankering to come back uh, to the podcast. Um, now, look, I tried to record loads of audio stuff on the trip because that's what the hiatus was all about. We went to Green Bay. We went for two trips. The Dallas game was ridiculous. And then the Titans game was also ridiculous, but for different reasons. Um, so, you know, I was going to get back on and do a, a sort of run of a podcast. Who cares? Who cares why, what I was going to do, right? I'm here. Hello. Um, yeah, we got spanked by the Eagles, folks. <laughs> we got spanked by the Eagles, and I've got stuff to say, um, and all that jazz uh, but let me just recap the trip god damn it I won't do it for long because I don't want to bore people but oh what a place to be you know even when we're not playing well and there was times where I had to go into the indoor place to tie out if anyone's wondering why I sound funny no one is um, it's because I have man flu pray for me no one cares. Uh, but yeah, look, I'm, I'm suffering a bit of man flu as well. So I'm not going to make this overly long because I don't know how the audio is going to come out. Do I sound stuffy? No one wants to hear that, blah, blah, blah. But the trip, god damn it. I got loads of video footage. Uh, that's one thing. So, two things I wanted to do. One was get loads of audio, which I got some, but it's kind of scatty. And then the other one I got was video, and I got plenty of uh, video footage, which is amazing. So that's up on youtube.com forward slash UK Packers. Um, you know, if you listen to the podcast you know what this is all about it's not it's not plugging stuff but i would love you to go on and watch it because you know i put the extra added work into it if you want to see what a green bay trip was like because i've got audio before so we had rob hogan on and a guy called craig steak um talking about the trip and what it was like to go over solo and i want to do another one of those type of ones and i even brought wireless mics to get interviews and stuff but instead of shoving it in front of people's faces and getting the auto there i put a really big focus on the video side of stuff so i have lambo at nighttime, uh downtown green bay um and i also have lambo during the daytime uh, and going around the pro shop and stuff so the videos i have upcoming is what is it like to be on the indoor club and the top 10 things to do in green bay now i was i was laughing with people i did the top 10 things to do in green bay and i got seven because not a lot of people were like oh you want something good to do in green bay uh, go to uh, door county yeah, not in Green Bay. Uh, why don't you get in and watch a Bucks game? Not in Green Bay. Um, so, th- you know, some people are saying the best thing to do in Green Bay was outside of Green Bay, which is funny. But look, there is a lot to do. We did our usual. Went over, went tailgating, watched uh, multiple games, which is new to us. Um, I would like to catch an away game and put that as part of the package. But, you know, these two games, Cowboys and Titans, looked like absolute clangers before the season. And it just turns out this season has kind of panned out the way it has. Uh, which hasn't been great but look um, it is what it is so I will speak about the trip maybe um, on another episode and really dig into the details of it and maybe pull out some of that audio that I had as well but if you want to see what it's like in Green Bay what it's like on one of the trips you can go back on our socials or go to youtube.com forward slash UK Packers and look I will say, I don't do this a lot. Uh, people are actually surprised. It's the same as the radio. I think the radio are surprised of a Saturday that I don't keep trying to say, oh, could you plug this? Could you f- mention the podcast? Can you mention It is what it is. I just like to enjoy the experiences. I don't really give two hoots about uh, clout or any of that. You know, if I didn't have the UK Packers, I honestly would be in, you know, some sort of shack in the woods somewhere wearing the same clothes every day and just chilling. Um, so I don't really care about it. But... um, it does help if you subscribe to YouTube um, for the algorithm and all that kind of jazz. Um, so if you do subscribe, and you do enjoy the videos, it does make it worthwhile putting it up because it's not getting like four views. You know, it's getting up into the hundreds, if not thousands, which is great. And there's some history stuff on there as well. And also it's free. Um, So look, speaking of not plugging stuff, but I better um look, it's the 28th of November. Probably the 29th again you listen to this. Uh by the end of November, which is the 30th, which is Wednesday. So by end of day Wednesday, if you haven't signed up to Patreon to be in our monster Christmas raffle, and it is always monster. We have a full sized Clay Matthews camo helmet to give away in our draw. So it is a serious one. Um I have an AJ Dylan Ice White Mini uh, signed, of course. I have a Mason Crosby kicking tee also signed of course and um, so there's some really really great stuff being given out and um, I've given a uh, full-size cheese head as well which was 60 pounds in London which is 135 euro to import uh, we were selling them for 52 pounds and I bought extra with my own money and I'm giving them away as well on patreon to you know patrons that have been there a while so what they get with patreon and i'm gonna move off it swiftly Um, you enter the draw forget about it every single month you get put in a draw for signed march there's always three signed prizes sometimes full-size helmets like the stuff gets insanely expensive Um, and you also get a free t-shirt after between three and six months depending on the cycle as well sort of as a thank you but what i found is that most people support on patreon not because they want stuff but just because they really like uh, what we do here to bring the fan base and stuff together Um, and it's just a really really great place to be but the added bonus is like prize bonds you get your name in the draw to win all the time there's three tiers one is a quid Uh, that just sort of supports Uh, the other one is a fiver that gets you a t-shirt and then the other one is a tenner and that gets you a place in the draw Uh, and again if you win a helmet and it's worth hundreds hundreds of quid uh, well then you know you could be in the Patreon draw for X amount of time and not win and then come away with the big one and it'd still well pay um, for the price of entry or whatever but look the the big one usually is the Christmas draw that's coming and again I have lofty dreams and people are kind of I don't know congratulating me almost like I had done it when I'm so, when we are so far off, um, is that if enough people sign up to the Patreon, I want to be able to use that money, take that money, and spend it for an all-inclusive, uh, all-expenses-paid trip to Lambeau Field on our annual tour. So I think the tour cost anywhere between cheapest was about twelve hundred quid, all the way up to two and a half grand when you're going to multiple games and college games and upgrading stuff. Um so that's the plan is that if we get enough patrons, one of the prizes before we go away on the trip is to actually give someone an all expensive paid uh, thing on the trip. But again, we need volume, you know, we need people to get in there and join it. Anyway, let's talk about the Eagles game and let's talk about all the stuff that went along with it and the talking points and how I felt about it. Uh, you know, of course you're all dying to know. Um you can't start anywhere else but the defense was shocking. But the thing that upsets me most, and I know, you know, people are pointing at Joe Barry and should he go? And the answer is probably yes, he should go. You know, the guy, and I I hate calling for people's jobs. It's not classy. It's not what I like to do. It's an awful lot more nuanced than, you know, you and I sitting down, having a chat about it. Truly no... But what is known is, is that this defense, you know, and I, f- I did find this ridiculous and everybody knows by now is, you know, I keep repeating the same old stuff. But, you know, that this was the top defense uh, on paper and they haven't played a snap yet. And that was the thing is that maybe he was a victim of overhype too, you know, you can put along all of these sort of Galacticos um and sometimes it just doesn't work. However, the Packers have put an awful lot of capital in into the defense and it simply hasn't been working. And look, you know, it's more nuanced than that too. You look at it and you say, you know, there's injuries there. Um, You look at that game last night against the Eagles. I mean, there was some really comical, you know, if it wasn't so painful, you'd you'd burst out laughing, but there was some really comical tackles there. You know, Adrian Amos is missing stuff Darnell Savage gets injured, but he misses anyway. Um, You know, Quay Walker missed him. Um, And for them to pull out, what, over 300 yards in rushing is criminal uh, 363 goddamn, and then 500 yards total you know this that's breaking records but I mean it's not unusual if you've been a Packer fan for a wet week you'll know that a couple of years ago this was what the Packers used to do we used to come up against a poor team the Eagles are not poor by any imagine that's not what I'm saying but we come up against a poor team or a second wide receiver and we'd make him have a career day and that's simply you know we're back to that sort of stuff again 49 rushing attempts from the Eagles compared to Air 21. Bearing in mind we have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and they average 7.4 yards per rush. Jalen Hurts, 17 carries for 157 yards, which is 9.2 yards per carry with a long of 42. So that's the thing. I mean, an awful lot of these averages, you know, are skewed by one long farty run. Um, and then Miles Sanders as well, 21 attempts for 143 yards, 6.8 yards per carry with a long of 28. It looked worse than the stats, if I'm honest. I mean, you can look at the stats and that looks laughably horrendous. Um, but, you know, when you watch the game, you're thinking, God, this is somehow worse, you know. But um, going back to Joe Barry, so it's the Benny Hill music. You know, you're looking at some of these runs and you're looking how they're able to break open holes. The thing is, is the Eagles have been very successful this season. Um, their offence is powerful. Jalen Hurts is doing the business. The thing he's famous for is running. The things we're famous for not being able to handle is running quarterbacks. So it's a pretty bad mix when you go into it uh, from the off. But the thing is, is look, this season is simply put down to this. Joe Barry has a wealth of players uh, and a wealth of capital on defence. Uh, by schematically screwing it up, uh, he's faltered. Also by the fact they've given big money to... Devondre Campbell and Rasul Douglas and all these players and they're just not getting the production you know between now look it's not always the players fault there's Devondre Campbell with injury there's Rasul Douglas sort of on and off Darnell Savage is taking a massive lull and um, Jair Alexander gets cooked a couple of times I so understand some of them like if you look at that game last night where there's one where he expects the ball to go to him and you can see him bracing to catch it um, and then you know the Eagles receiver gets it and runs on so the stuff like that where he's trying to make a play and he's making a read on the field and you can't knock Jair's energy and that's not what I'm saying and when you single people out it always feels like bullying almost you know and that you're saying that the blanket their play is all crap it's certainly not Jair Alexander highest paid cornerback uh, in the game Uh, brings that energy, brings that emotional side of things, is always jarring on the field and doing his best. Fantastic player. You know, people are scared to go his way. However, there's been occasions where he's got smoked. And in those occasions, sometimes that's just kind of what you give up. But look, this thing is extremely complex. You know, this whole season is massively complex. And I don't mean to sound... Hopefully I don't come across in a patronising way, but it's very easy for all of us to look at something and go... You know, a one plus two is three, and you know you swap them around. But why isn't it equal three still? Like, look, when you're dealing with people, and you're dealing with all of these variables that keep changing, it's it's extremely hard to try pin it down. And that applies to the defense, but also to the offense. Um, but look, we came up against a fantastic team. But when you look at it, is that the Packers put up thirty three points? And that would have been enough to beat the Eagles in eight of their last 10 games, which is incredible. They only topped 33 points twice this season. The Lions in week one, which you only beat them by a field goal, which is 38-35, and the Steelers, they beat 35-13. Apart from that, they have not got over 33 points this season. So in a perfect world, it isn't. You'd look at this game and go, had the defense stopped anything? Um, or done some sort of a serviceable job well then the packers could have come out and won this game and i also said the same after the bills game that bill buffalo bills game was there for the taking the bills went on in the next game and lost to the jets and i'm not saying that in a derogatory tone because the jets are much better than people give them credit for but again you know there was individual little things in that game that had they not done they could have come away with a win from the bills could have come away with a win from the eagles should have beaten the titans miraculous against the cowboys and all of these narrow little things and you look at it and you go you know what maybe we could have done a better job but not to get too negative about it um christian watson is a superstar absolute superstar but you know look there's complexities there too um it's very clear now that he is uncoverable There's a couple of things that people like to put weight into like he drops the ball and I heard the commentary say that he drops the ball early in games and then kind of corrects himself and all that type of stuff. I simply think that we do not have the you know the depth of game research game tape whatever behind Christian Watson to try derive and pull out these statistics to be saying stuff like he is this way and then this happens. He's barely played. And even if you look in this game, he had four receptions on six targets. I mean, the guy was targeted six times. He caught four of them for an incredible 110 yards, 27.5 average. Again, skewed by a long of 63. But again, he's a big playmaker. He's a splash play guy. Um, And he's the real deal. I think he's the absolute real deal. And he definitely could be the Packers' main target, specifically and more particularly when... Jordan Love is in there because people are commenting on it that, you know, Love and Watson seem to have some sort of rapport. Again, it's too small of a sample size to go start going down the chemistry route here. Um, But look, what I would say is is just give Watson time. Nobody gets time anymore in anything, really. I mean, we're all way too impatient, you know, uh, when it comes to anything, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to performance, when it comes to opinions. And that's why there's this whole like instant uh, review, you know, and those videos are so popular. What What's it like when you... Uh, Apple pride themselves on giving you a user experience from the time you receive your item. Which is why an awful lot of people out there still have, and you probably do, sitting in your house a box from an Apple product. Because they go deep into how it feels when you're opening that premium product. But you pay out the nose for it, which I do, and you keep the boxes I've gotten very good at opening and just lashing the stuff out if I know it works and I don't need to return it. But that's what I'm saying is that, you know, companies are wise to it. They know that you give that instant reaction and that's exactly the way this world is. It's disposable. um, It's quick reacting. Stuff gets out on Twitter. Videos and reputations and all this type of stuff get ruined immediately before people have context. But to me so far, um, Watson is showing the signs of being the real deal, a superstar. And why do I say it? It's because even when he's not catching the ball, uh, you know, It's like what they say, you can teach people how to catch the ball correctly, you can teach them how to run a proper route and all that kind of stuff. The stuff you cannot teach is speed. And this guy has it and he has it in bundles. Now, the complexity that I think Watson is going to see is is that he's quite clearly uncoverable in a lot of situations. His speed is unbelievable. His mother actually commented on Twitter um, yesterday when someone commented about his, his touchdown run and she says he's only jogging. You know, I mean, look, Teams are going to see him as the main target now. Uh, they're going to, the same way they gave kind of respect to MVS, but MVS benefited of course from Devonte Adams. What I feel will be the challenge now for Christian Watson is, is that teams are going to have to game plan for him. They're going to key in on him, and he's going to have to learn on the job. So he's made a splash, unfortunately. Um, and whatever people want to say about drops and his first drop was this, and his first throw could have been that. That all of that doesn't matter. You need to give the kid a break. The bottom line is is that he's learning on the job, and not only that, now he's going to start getting that Devontae treatment. He's going to start getting those double teams. Now, that can be a good thing and a bad thing. It can sort of, you know, they say steel is forged in the fire, it can make him a better player, it could make his development slower because he doesn't get the freedom that he should have to try and make a few uncontested catches or whatever, and they're going to be all over him. Now, you would say, is if he's up to the task... Uh, and he's a stayer well then that means that he's going to you know overcome this type of stuff but it will be very difficult for him which means that of course the barometer that he's going to be measured against is someone saying his first couple of games he was great his next couple of games not doing so well jesus what's going on he's really struggling now he can't get his head around it do understand that he's going to be uh, game plan for he's going to be double and triple teamed whatever they can do to take him out of the game Again, at their own peril, because that opens up uh, stuff for Aaron Jones. If you look at uh, Aaron Jones and the receptions, even that he had in the game, you know it's not by accident that when he comes out with, uh, you know, three receptions on four targets for fifty-six yards with an average catch uh, yardage of eighteen point seven yards, and the score was thirty-three points. Really, It wasn't an accident, you know. But the thing is, is that the more Watson keeps dragging coverage away, means the more opportunities there are for. You know, people that have been sort of fingered, if you will, as, look, they're not the wide receiver number one. They're definitely two or three or a bit par player, which is Alan Lazard. Now, the way the Packers should have played, here, this is coming from an expert here, you know me, uh, the way the Packers, I feel, should have played this and an awful lot of people should have, obviously, is you lose Devontae, you have the game plan accordingly. You use Aaron Jones more in the past game. You have Randall Cobb there, who, look, let me just say this. Randall Cobb is a fantastic option. Um, He might not be targeted a tonne, uh, he might not have those stereotypical standout splash games. But again, that that was his fate when Jordy Nelson went out um, all those moons ago. And yes, I'm still crying over that. Is that they thought this is his chance to step up and it just didn't work out for him then. Um, but this guy is a legit wide receiver in the game. He's a real gadgety player. He plays his heart out. His hands of steel... Uh, He's brilliant in the slot and he always has that veteran experience to A, lead the locker room and B, to be in the places that he needs to be when he's needed. Um, So look, Randall Cobb is a fantastic option. And with Watson in there now, it starts to sort of spread the field out a little bit more and let them key in on Alan Lazard and let them key in on Bobby Tonian and Randall Cobb and all that kind of stuff. The thing is, is that we just need enough receptions and enough of a threat from Watson to keep garnering that attention. But I will say is, is that the Packers offense put up 33 points against the Eagles, uh, who were seen as a really stiff D. Um, so it's, it's really, really good news. And as I said, you know, and that, that's, what I guess, the frustrating part about this team is that we're tweeners. You know, we're kind of, we're not bad, we're not good, we're not mediocre, we're, you know. And of course, you can point at various parts and say the defense is awful, the defensive line isn't getting that done, the DBs are, you know, clueless at times, the linebackers, you know, they're not containing. I mean, you could say all of those things. Special teams at times was a a complete nightmare um, last night. But then you look at the run that he did have almost to the 50-yard line or whatever it was, Keyshawn Nixon, and you go, do you know what, that's great. So it's not all blanketedly bad. It just seems like the operation is kind of just falling, you know, it's just not right, which brings us to the story of the night, of course, Jordan Love. So here's a couple of truths thru- with a T-H. You see this thing, I overcompensated as an Irishman. A couple of truths. It is okay to support Jordan Love and also support Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I put this out on my personal Twitter is that, and again, I don't want to sound patronising and preachy, because who cares, right? Who am I to do it? But what I would say is that there's this really weird thing in the fan base. Like, one of the comments that I got back was, is I'm not a fan of Jordan Love, but in fairness to him, he played alright. And you're going to think, of, well, who who are you a fan of? Are you a Packers fan? Are you a Packers fan or are you a Rogers fan? I mean, who are you supporting here? I'm not a, not a big fan of Jordan Love. Be, be one until he leaves the team then. How about that? You know what I mean? Support the Packers. Because the thing is, is that, you know, we always ask people, why did you become a fan? And I get asked a lot, why did I become a fan? I didn't become a fan because the team wins all the time. Um, it's the history that sucked me into it. And that still remains true no matter what's happening with the current state of the team. I love everything that's around the team. And there was one guy on Twitter who said, you know what, I strangely like, you know, this sort of struggling period just to sort of see what the story is. Because the thing is, is you know obviously if it's going well and Aaron Rodgers is papering over the cracks and you know Matt Lafleur is being heralded as a god, it's very easy to brush over the nuance in the game. But now you have to find the good in the bad and the bad in the good, and you know it, it gives it that bit of flavor. Now it's not what we want. You don't want to see your team losing. Certainly don't want them to see you know them doing these brain fart stuff. But it is that extra bit of flavor there. But it's just odd to me that people are it's this versus this. Um. The other thing as well is that Jordan Love and people seem shocked by this that he had a good game and I'll just caveat it because I'm very excited obviously because if you look at it as a Packers fan and not just a Rogers fan or whatever you see that maybe Jordan Love could be serviceable in the future and maybe the decisions that Brian Kudakunst made to mortgage this franchise might pan out and I'm behind that 100% of the way and again you know I do this all day every day um, I'm not saying that means I have a better opinion on it, but what I mean is, is that I feel so invested in it. So I just feel like, you know, I want to support the team as much as I can. And I don't get any joy out of, you know, throwing stones at the team for clout or for clickbait or any of that kind of stuff. I will call out when something's nonsense, but my overarching opinion will always be that I want this team to do well. And I simply don't understand people who have that schadenfreude... Uh, who look at the team when they're not doing well just to tell somebody, oh, I told you so about that decision, as if as if that matters, as if anyone cares. So I want this team to do well, but what I would say is this is one good glimmer of a quarter from Jordan Love, albeit against an Eagles team that were not playing in garbage time uh, because when we start putting the points back up again, they really had to take it seriously. So there's an awful lot of good stuff to take from this game. But I would say as well as let's not get carried away because there's an awful lot more that we can see in other situations and stuff like that because it's all a bit of a microcosm. You know, Jordan probably is on high alert lately that he will have to play because of Aaron Rodgers' thumb. Um, So, you know, there's a whole different dynamic we probably don't know about. However, what you want to see is is that your backup quarterback can come in And can perform. No matter where they're drafted. If they're drafted. If they're undrafted. Whatever. You don't want to see your team fall apart. And then just solidify the notion that. Your coaching staff. Cannot cooperate. And operate. A team. When one star player. Leaves the team. But let's not fool ourselves either. That the quarterback obviously. Is the most important position on the field. So you will see a dip in play. Now. Jordan Love coming into this whole thing. And this is another truth. That we're going to put out there. Is that he was highly touted you look at Peter Jones's uh, mind-blowing draft guide and he was going into his fundamentals and all this type of stuff and the Packers, you know, Peter called it, I mean, for God's sake. He had it in a box to say, don't be surprised if the Packers go for this guy. We discussed it on the podcast before. And both the boys said, look, you know, we would understand if they went for him. And if you look at the subsequent years after that draft, Jordan Love, had he went in that draft class, what could have been, the number one pick or certainly the number one picked quarterback in the years following the draft that he was drafted in. Another truth to remind people is that Aaron Rodgers had a litany of injuries between Manu, his back, broken collarbone, um, all up until they drafted Jordan Love, Uh, On top of that, there was attitude concerns with him, so much so that they said if Matt LaFleur comes in, will he actually get along with him? And you can say that was all poppycock and media nonsense and all this type of stuff. Um, But you can see that Aaron Rodgers is that type of character. He's fiery um, and there was no smoke without fire, blah, 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 right? Um, And then also his play in his lofty comparison, comparison was dipping before Jordan Love's selection. So all of these things remain true. I also want to remind people that Devontae Adams confirmed himself That the Packers offered more money, but he declined that money because he wanted to go to the Raiders for family reasons. Now, every time you say that, you get people go, oh, I can't believe what you saying about Devontae. Devontae is quite possibly one of, if not the best player I've seen with my own eyeballs uh, live or in an NFL game. You know, certainly at his position, I just find the guy absolutely outstanding and he's still doing the business for the Raiders. But obviously, there's an awful lot of other stuff that goes on there. So with all of that being said, I don't think that it's far-fetched uh, to know why Brian Gutekunst drafted him. Because another fascinating thing that I went in a rabbit hole today about was, is that Aaron Rodgers is 39 years of age. And I just wondered, at what age did all of the other Hall of Fame quarterbacks that are now in Canton, what age did they retire at? So I just picked a year, which was the year 2000, And I looked at all of the quarterbacks that were inducted from the year 2000 to now, and there's been 12 of them. And Aaron Rodgers, bear in mind, is 39. So why did Brian Gutekunst get his replacement? Let's have a look at the past. Troy Aikman retired at 34. John Elway retired at 38. Brett Favre retired at 41, two years older than Rodgers is now. Benny Friedman retired at 31. Jim Kelly, 36. Peyton Manning, 39. Dan Marino, 38. Joe Montana, 37. Warren Moon was 44 but he didn't really play for his final two years with Kansas City. He played three games over two years. Still, granted, he's older than Aaron Rodgers is now. Uh, Ken Stabler, 39 but again only played three games for New Orleans in his last year. Kurt Warner was 38 and Steve Young was 38. Now look, you can throw an awful lot of stuff out there and say it was a different era They're in the Hall of Fame because they're eligible and that only comes up, blah, 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 right? We can go down all that kind of stuff and I could have went back further and I can go and look at Drew Brees and you can look at the exceptions and Tom Brady. But the reason Tom Brady gets talked about and the reason that he stands out is A, he's been so successful and B, he's old. So... It's certainly not the norm. They have been playing later and the game is evolving and with the new rules and, you know, there's an awful lot of variables there. However, the ballpark is is that when your quarterback starts getting into his mid-30s, like we saw with Drew Brees, sometimes there's no drop-off and then suddenly there is and it's off a cliff. So the thing is is you can understand why Jordan Love was brought into this situation but what I simply don't understand is is just how people can rag against this guy, rag against the organisation and want them to fail. Look, It might, and I've said it before, Jordan Love might not be the future. He might not be. Um, You know, to compare him to Aaron Rodgers is unfair because I think Aaron Rodgers is one of, if not the best quarterback to ever play this game. And I think we're very, very fortunate to see him. Does he have his complexities? Yeah. You know, and he has done. And I've just mentioned those earlier in the thing. Um, But the thing with Jordan Love is, is that the minute he came in, people were slating him. And then they were kicking the shit out of him on social media as well and the organization it's kind of like, how about we just accept the fact that he's here and accept the fact that this is the strategy that they've chose. We can disagree with it. That's absolutely fine. But then the sheer unbelievable and insurmountable, apparently, shock from people that, again, it's a very small sample size. Because I think people have swung from one side to the next. They've gone from Jordan Love is not the future to boom, right, we're in good hands, right? We don't know that yet. It's been a quarter of football, but it was very, very promising. It's exactly, it's the best case scenario. It's exactly what you want to see. If you're given an opportunity to play for a quarter, can you do it well? And the answer was yes. Did he go through his reads? Yes. Was his passes accurate? Mostly. You know, did he make good decisions? Pretty much. So he's doing exactly what he should be doing. And he's been given a chance by the fan base now to do it. Why? Because Aaron Rodgers has the thumb injury and he's throwing hand. Um, and also we had what they called a bruised oblique but he said it was ribs so the thing is is let's give the dude a chance uh, let's not lose the run of ourselves but let's give the dude a chance and everyone's sort of shellacking him and beating the lard out of him um, on social media let's try to get behind the team and let's not try play sides not going to tell you how to fan but that's my two cents on it the other thing I would look at here as well is is that you know the decline in the offence again is very nuanced Um it's true that Rogers first ballot hall of famer and Devontae Adams future hall of famer elevated Matt LaFleur's career in Green Bay. That's a fact. And I know an awful lot of people are saying, well, because they said that about Rogers anyway, is that it doesn't matter who it is. who's going to Mike Messi, Ronaldo, the minute you have these players are instantly good. And That's not true, but you cannot say one without the other. It's also not, not true if you will. Um, you know, you can't look at LaFleur's career and separate Aaron Rodgers from it. Um, you can look at his schemes and all of that kind of jazz, but you need them to be. It had to have been what it was to be what it was. And I don't know if that sounds ridiculous. If you get it, you understand Jeebers, right? But look, were they simpatico, if you will? Yes. To what extent? No one knows because life simply doesn't work like that you can't compare situations as easily as people think where you take one situation and you take one thing out and put one thing in now i know you can do that in a science experiment you can get chemicals you can have that control group you can make sure the conditions are exactly the same that the chemicals are exactly the same that the conditions are exactly the same that never works with people you know i mean not only because for instance you could just single out this let's take a couple of examples Aaron Rodgers has an injury to his thumb on his throwing hand that's a big deal massive deal Devontae Adams had an ankle injury and people wrote him off one guy wrote him off to McDonald's and said oh he's going to be great when he's serving you know fries in McDonald's and he's gone on to become a future Hall of Famer Um, Aaron Rodgers has a sore thumb He won back-to-back MVPs, which was the reason why he was given that contract extension and they said, well, still playing at that level. You know, we're all on the same page. We've all evolved. Let's move forward with it. Um, And suddenly he's become a trash quarterback. Don't think so. You know, there's an awful lot of stuff going on. He's got that injury, which is going to be very impactful. He's going to play it down and say it's not what it is. Uh, His O-line has been a turnstile at times. Uh, He's lost his future Hall of Famer in Devontae Adams, who left by choice, but he still left. He lost Nathaniel Hackett. Stuff has changed. His defense um, can't keep him off the field. I mean, you know, Hackett's gone. getsy gone. Um, you know, there's different teams they're coming up against this year. It's not all in a vacuum. You know, some of the games that they won in the past were squeaky games. We're like, oh, we're glad we won them. It's not pretty, but let's move on. Well, hey, you know. So there's an awful lot of stuff that goes into it. Teams get better, teams get worse. There's so many different variables. Even down to the weather. And There's a podcast that goes into uh, doing an ACA. And what they do is, is they look at it, they look at the weather conditions, they look at past things that have happened in that weather and, you know, when this player has been out. What's and you can carve it up a million different ways, but there's a million different reasons why teams can't win. And I just have to laugh wholeheartedly when people bang on about this window. You know, there's one variable needs to change. Get the receiver, put him in there, and then you're goal or you're done. You know, there's too much there. It's it's a miracle, really, that teams win consistently in this league. You know, look, they put themselves in the best position to win. Uh, the win is never guaranteed and the players say it all the time I mean and I know this you know sour grape style because I have to give an act on the radio which I hate doing uh, because there's better things you can do with your money um, and all that stuff but also it's just the impossibility certainly in the the recent age of trying to call games now you'll have the smart out there who goes not the house you just to it every week and a million quid fine right you sit in your match and be happy with yourself but what I find is is that you look at it For instance, there was one game uh, that we lost out on the ACA where there was a three-point spread, and I think the team lost by two. And the catch probability of the game-winning touchdown or whatever at the end of the game was like 20%. And it turned out that that was the lowest catch percentage probability of that player's entire career. And that will give you an example of just the type of stuff that can happen. You look at that Aaron Rodgers throw, slightly off hits against Slay's helmet, pops up into the air and gets caught by the Eagles' defense. Weird. There's weird stuff that happened and then the other ones that a guy catches a ball, you know, against his arse and he comes down with it and then his lace touches the ground which keeps the ball up. You know, like we've all seen the mad stuff, the Miracle and Motown, the the Hail Marys that come off because people are in the right place at the right time, all that jazz. It's very, very hard to win. So when you look at what's gone wrong with this offense this year, it simply hasn't worked out. But I feel like we have the fundamentals in there to make a good go at it. We put up 33 points on the Philadelphia Eagles and it wasn't garbage time stuff it wasn't as if they were ahead 50 to zero and we just kept coming back until we kind of ran out of time that's not how it was this game kind of came down to it now there's parts in the game that they extended their lead and it was poor and maybe they took their foot off the gas and all this type of jazz but at the end of the day all of that's happening with the Packers is understandable now what I see an awful lot of people and the question that I put out there is is like what happens now for the rest of the season I think me what i would do and who cares but what i would do is that you bench Aaron Rodgers and um, for many reasons you know if you want to look at him he's got an injured thumb and if that's the reason for his inaccuracy well then you need to rest that up um if it's broken like it's been alluded to well then is does it require surgery it's certainly not going to get any better if you keep working it out all the time if it's going to be a case that he's not going to be able to practice till later in the week it's Aaron Rodgers he's infallible he can do what he wants but it's still not really going to help out so if he practices it's not good if he doesn't practice it's not good for game day so then we just go and lose another game now I hear this thing as well is, is that you know there's nobody in the building that can turn around and tell Rodgers that he can't play that he's not allowed to play that he has to sit on the bench I'm sorry but if you're running a company you have to be able to come up and tell your quarterback or your star employee, this is what's happening. Um, And I know that caused friction probably before, and um, but there's certainly a way around it. Because at the end of the day, uh, you're going to be without Aaron Rodgers at some stage. I'm not a big believer in the fact that if you have a struggling team who are struggling because of O-line, wide receiver play, blocking, running any of these things that are not to do with it you know if if you've a really high powered offense and you switch one guy in for the other you get probably more accurate read of you know what that other player who comes in and is replacing in that high octane thing you're giving them all the tools the best opportunity you can to win and i just think that if you're going into a packers team that's patchy, the play. Like, if they're talking about that it's individual mistakes all the time, you're not going to do Jordan Love any favours by putting him in there and expecting him to get something from an offence that Aaron Rodgers couldn't get. Because, you know, no matter what people say about Aaron Rodgers, and I've had my gripes with him in the past and I stand by them 100%. But what I would say is if you've got a Hall of Famer who can read the defence in his sleep and then you put Jordan Love out there, the reads are going to be different, the disguises are going to look different you know, they're going to key in on Jordan Love in a different way than they would Aaron Rodgers. They can simplify the defense, pin their ear backs and get after him. They can just, you know, drop deep and, you know, threaten them. Just, just throw the ball. I dare you to throw the ball. Stack the box. You know, I mean, there's loads of stuff that they do and they're not going to give Jordan Love the same looks that they give Aaron Rodgers by and large. Um, So I'm not a big proponent that Jordan Love is going to come in and be a success in the offense if Aaron Rodgers couldn't be. And I don't know what damage that that would do to Jordan Love. But at the end of the day, now as good a time as ever. Aaron Rodgers has, has multiple injuries now. Um, Jordan Love came in and showed that he could do well under that pressure. So I think just by looking at, because that's the thing, I feel like it's like a preseason game at this stage really, is that you're putting Jordan Love out there and you want to key in on the right metrics, not the wins. Because we've said it before to so we're blue in the face, Super Bowl wins or wins in general are not all down to the quarterback. He's got a massive hand in both of those things. Not necessarily a the Peyton Manning Broncos who went to the Super Bowl and won in spite of Peyton. Anyway, who retired at 39, by the way. Um, So look at Jordan Love, and you have to look at, is he going through his progressions? Is he going through his reads? Is he escaping the pocket and scrambling when he should? Uh, is he sliding like he should in the right places? Um, you know, And that's the type of stuff that you'd be looking for from now on. But if it was me, and I don't care whether it's mathematically because po- going into the game against the Eagles, the chances of them making the playoffs was 3%. And I think it means far more to your organization if you're going to put Jordan Love out there to see exactly what you got. Because it was remarked during the week, um, you know, I think it might have been Matt Schneider, um and Bill Huber when they spoke about, you know, if you ask the GMs and the execs and all this type of stuff, do they know what they have in Jordan Love? And they say that they know what they have by now. We don't, but they do. And that that was somehow indicative of the Aaron Rodgers contract. Now, what I would say is, is that if you have a back-to-back Super Bowl winning uh, MVP, not back-to-back Super Bowl winning, but back-to-back MVP winning Super Bowl champ of a quarterback in you know, Aaron Rodgers that people say is the GOAT the best to play the game and he's still operating at a high level. I think there's more in it than just, I don't think Jordan loves it, You know, And everyone's in win-now mode and apparently that's what the Packers were doing. So look, all of those decisions you can kind of understand. But what I would say is, is that if you really honestly think that this organisation isn't allowed in some way or doesn't have the balls to turn around and tell Aaron Rodgers that you're injured. Because I really don't feed into all this macho, ego, uh, pride BS of, if you can play, you'll play. If you get out in a wheelchair, you know, get out in the cast, do whatever he has to do, he'll get out there and play. You don't want that from your quarterback. You know, and I wouldn't go as far as to say, oh, it's selfish that he's playing with a sore thumb or a broken thumb because he's hurting the team, blah, blah, blah. We've done. Aaron Rodgers has played a one leg before and we had that gag we used to put out like who's the best quarterback in the league Aaron Rodgers who's the second best one leg at Aaron Rodgers so it's the same Aaron Rodgers is going to give you an elevated level of play anyway and if he wants to be out there for his team and he thinks he can do it and you think he can do it as a coach well then he's a tough guy I'm not questioning Aaron Rodgers toughness however with the season where it is this is actually a guilt edged opportunity to put Jordan Love out there and measure him by the metrics that you feel you need to as in, good decisions, good reads. Can he read the defense? Does he make good throws under pressure? Does he make good throws when he's rolling out? Should he even make that throw when he's rolling out? Does he know when to throw the ball away? Clock management, is he managing the game properly? Is he telling players where to go and what to do? Is he understanding the players that are called into the huddle? You know, does he has he got situational awareness? Does he know to hit the sidelines if he's running out of time? I mean, all of these type of things that he needs to do live game time. This kid hasn't played football for a very long time now in game-like conditions. But he has been playing in practice against allegedly one of the top defenses in the NFL, which is massively called into question, obviously, this whole season. But if it was me, that's what I'd do. What would you do? Under this podcast, if you're listening, or hit me at DM, or info at UK Packers, or call it UK, anything. Do you think that we should have Jordan Love out there? Or do you think that we should play Rogers till the end of the season? Or whatever? How do you feel about the Jordan Love versus Aaron Rodgers? Do you see it that way? Am I being too simplistic in my notion of we should support a team? I don't mean to pontificate and I don't mean to, you know, fan how you want to fan, but that's just, I just can't get my head around it. I just can't, can't do it. But anyway, I leave it there. It's fantastic to be back. I'll be back again, probably hopefully with a bit of quick snap for your big, because that that's not the tag. And of course, uh, patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. The thing that I put out, I put it out on Twitter and Instagram, and this I'll end here, is that what do people feel about Brett Favre now? Because I was over in Green Bay and it was the place was awash with Favre jerseys. um. You know, and there was comments in the group and someone said they were going to bring their Favre jersey and people were like, oh, I, Jesus, that's a brave move. I wouldn't do that. You know, and then I asked uh, a guy who's lived in Green Bay for forever. I said, what do you think of the Favre situation? This guy's an ex-cop. People are going to have opinions about that probably as well but he said look it's you know it's overhyped by the media i don't think he did this i think he might have done that it's all alleged it's all blah 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 i don't know what the story is um and i don't know how people feel about it but before all of this kicked off i got a full-size brett Favre helmet to give away in a raffle and the question that i put to people was is that if you were to win that item would you accept it is brett Favre so tarnished for you now that you're like no i can't go near him because all of the other stuff was resurfaced too about what he did with the jets and you know, in the light of the Me Too movement and stuff like that and just how weighty that is and how people brush that off and now that's more serious. So I just don't know where his legacy lies now. You know, his fame is still up there, still in the Hall of Fame. Uh, His jersey is still all over Green Bay. But is that all right? Is just because loads of people do it mean that it's okay to you. What's your opinion of it? If I was to raffle it off, another people are coming up with great ideas where I raffle it off for charity and give the money from the raffle... Two charities, um, of the alleged victims of Favre's, you know, fraudulent uh, money situation, and again, some people might not be aware of it at all. Also, some people don't care. You know, some people will take the man and they'll take the football that he had, and some of the comments we get back are saying, "I'm a Packers fan because of Favre. I'll always remember the games he played, and I don't really care what he does off the field." Um, so again, how does that sort of intersect with displaying a helmet of his? Who knows? But anyway, let me know, and if if people, you know, come in with and because I put it out on Instagram and it was like about a seventy-five percent people said raffle it off, twenty-five percent of people said no, he's a despicable human being. So similar on uh, Twitter as well. I put up a poll there and pretty much identical results, as well. So seventy-five percent say it's all good, not he's all good, but you know his legacy is simply football or whatever, and twenty-five percent are disgusted by anyway. That's the podcast. I'm happy to be back. Hopefully, you're happy I'm back as well. I've been at NFL on Twitter, at the Patty Packer on Instagram. And of course, you can find us on UKPackers. And of course, hit the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash UKPackers for all of the video stuff and more to come from our trip to Green Bay. Anyway, see you for some quick snaps. Bye.